Welcome to the Blogger Genius Podcast brought to you by Milo Tree. Here's your host, Jillian Leslie. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Today I'm excited to introduce my guest who is Rachel Miller. Now Rachel started as a blogger and has turned into, check this out, she is an organic traffic specialist or she calls herself a viral marketer. So uh, really, in truth, she helps you understand social media, especially Facebook. So welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me, Jillian. I really appreciate it. So we have to just say that we met randomly about a month ago um, (laughs) at a conference, but really at a restaurant where I walked up to you and I said, I know you. And then we... You rescued me. It was awesome. (laughs) I know. And then we ended up having lunch together, which was so nice. It was fun. So to talk about how you started, because I knew you back in the day as a blogger. Oh, yeah. I, it's so funny because it feels almost like a lifetime ago sometimes. Um, I, I, but it's only been like a year and a half, um, a year since, since I've started my second business. But I, um, I, about probably 10 or 11, 10 years ago, I guess, um, I started Quirky Mama. Okay. And I started that because I quit my teaching job. I had two, two babies at the time. And um, I couldn't go back to maternity from maternity leave with two babies with Texas teacher pay. It didn't make sense with childcare and everything. So, um, so yeah, so I was home with my kiddos and I was going bored crazy out of my mind. Yes. <laughs> Starting yes. Quirky Mama. That was my first website. I wrote over 30 or 29 posts that went to over a million. I can't remember the exact number on between each site, but in total it was 29 posts that got to over a million page views each. Wow. And so I had tons of posts that went to millions and millions on Facebook. Um, we wrote uh, a book and it went to a bestseller, sold over 100,000 copies. And so I was just like having a, the time of my life making content and seeing how many people I could get on it and being really excited at drawing eyeballs to um, to an action. To an action. And, then, and what was the, the action was come to my site? Some of it was come to my site. Some of it was purchase something. So mm-hmm. we actually, I made um, rainbow loom bands go viral on the website. And mm-hmm. then we sold a lot of rainbow loom kits. So kids could make their own rainbow loom bracelets. Got so it. So like that or selling tents or whatever it is that I'm selling at the time. And you're selling so, them, if you're affiliate. You're doing an affiliate link. Originally, I started as affiliate links. But as I grew in my venture, um, I began creating my own products and selling my own products. You make a lot more money selling your own products than you do as an affiliate. So were these online products or these physical products? Both. Okay. Okay. I had seven private label products at one point. And then I also had um, where you white label or where you have, um, let's say you go to your Walmart and you find that they have Star Wars, this literally happened, they had Star Wars toothbrushes for like a dollar each. And they thought like they like lightsabers and they light up and they make like a funny noise. I'm like, these are worth a lot more than a dollar. So I um, bought all the toothbrushes that Walmart had at the time, which was like 250 of the toothbrushes. Okay. And sold them for $7.85 on Amazon like two weeks later. Wow. Wow. Okay. I love that. That almost immediately. (laughs) Now, did you then have to pay, Did were people paying shipping on top of that? No, no. I just send them into Amazon and then Amazon Got it. So like time or whatever, however they send them out. Wow. And how did you get the idea to do that? Well, 
I was, I'd heard about people selling on Amazon. And so I got an Amazon account, but I didn't know what I was going to do with it. Okay. And then I saw my son playing in the, in the grocery store with this toothbrush. And I was like, Star Wars is coming out in three weeks. These are really cheap. Um, this is the time. Let's, let's make a video of him playing with his toothbrush. Um, make it go viral on Facebook and okay. sell out toothbrushes. Let's see if we can do it. And so $250 later, I bought all the toothbrushes. And yeah, that was my, one of my first ventures into selling physical products on my own. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you create, and by the way, Quirky Mama was kids activities, or it is kids activities. Is yeah, that right? Kids activities block. Yes, I sold it. Okay. So you, okay. So then you dis, you started working on Facebook for kids activities or for Quirky Mama. Yeah, I, I helped Quirky Mama grow from 13,000 into multiple millions. So okay. I left the site when it was at 2.2 million. Okay, okay. And then you, and I guess you fell in love with Facebook. Yeah, I fell in love with attracting an audience. It could be anywhere. So I actually also grew my Pinterest account by over 100,000 in one year. So I grew it to 80,000 over the course of like two or three or four years. And then in one year, I put a lot of effort into it and bumped it up to almost 190,000. That's terrific. So it's the same practice, the same love of people is in every social media platform. So, so unpack that a little bit. Tell me what you mean by that. If you love people, you're going to serve them with specific content that's going to help feed their, feed their, their buckets. You know, like everyone has the desire to feel affirmation or to feel successful or to feel smart and fun, right? So we create content that makes them feel those ways, um, feel those needs, fill those needs in your audience, your audience will grow. <laughs> and as right. your audience grows, you're, you ask them what they want and need, and then you deliver it to them, and then your revenue in your pocketbook grows as well. I love that, because it's all about serving, yeah. serving others. Mm -hmm. It's not about, well, I think this is cool. I mean, it's a little bit about that, but it's really about, I know my audience will think this is cool. Exactly. I don't, I don't care so much about what I think is going to be cool. It's not, people have asked me, well, do you think you're a trendsetter where you can see if something's going viral? And sometimes I can in the sense I've seen so many virals in the past, I can tell this is good content or this is not good content. But at the same time, it really depends on the people that you're serving as to whether some, a content's going to go do well. It's, it's not a, about us. I totally agree. In fact, for Catch My Party, I, people will say, oh, you identify, like you, you say what the trends are going to be in the world of like parties and kids parties and stuff. And I go, no, I just see what people are responding to. And then I create more content like that. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's it in a nutshell. Like, I can't tell you what the new trends will be. I can amplify a trend or I can identify it. But, but all we do is serve our audience. Yes. Yes, like we're not soothsayers, <laughs> you yep, know? So, so essentially I left Quirky Mama and then I created One Crazy House. And that's okay. my second blog. Through that to a Facebook page of over 500,000 in 18 months. And we got, we just, um, it's our third, third year anniversary and we have 51 million page views on it. So it's really cool. Oh my cool. God. Wow. And we have two more websites. I've got Crazy Cat Lady and I've got um, the um, One Pot Crock Pot. Okay. okay. And the idea, and explain the idea of why you create different websites. Well, 
the cat, it was kind of a joke actually a little bit. <laughs> um, I started one crazy or quirky mama and then one crazy house and I was at a conference and someone, um, I over, I was speaking at the conference about how you can go viral and everything. And the, I was in the bathroom afterwards and I was hearing two people overheard them talking. And mm-hmm. the one girl was saying, you know, these big bloggers, I can never be like Rachel. She just said she did yeah. this and this and this. Like, how is this even possible? And the other girl goes, oh, don't worry about it. They're doing that because they're so big. So they had a big budget when they started. And they have these big pages that they all share from. So, like, we can never become big because it's all the big pages as a click. And I was like, oh, my word. And I left. And it was like almost like I failed the entire conference just because of that, like, one little conversation they didn't know I was listening to. So it's not – they weren't trying to be rude. It was, does that make sense? They were just having yes, a conversation. Yes, but it's like a, it's like a scene out of, like, a sitcom. I know. And I, I, so I went home and I'm like bawling because I'm, I take things way too personally. And my husband's like, and I'm like, they're right. They're right. Because I did grow with budget. Nobody else has that kind of budget. I did grow with this. And I, I did, um, you know, I, I had these big friends when I was growing one crazy house that I could contact and say, Hey, can you right. share for me? And they're like, that's, they're right. I wasn't, I, I didn't do it the right way. But my husband's like, so do it the right way. Like, what's your problem? Shut Ooh. up. <laughs> just go do it like and so I was like well I can't and he's like okay whatever and so he's like you could do it with cats come on everybody can do it with cats so like literally at the kitchen table we made a cat page and we put some viral cat content up and then it went viral so wait so, you made a Facebook cat page yeah, I made a cat page because my husband said well hello you can oh if you can't do it you could you could definitely do it with cats come on okay and so I cats. I made it a viral cat page wow and then um so I was like, well, everybody can do it with cats. What's something that's really boring? I got to do it with that too. And so then I um, did crockpots because I thought crockpots were boring. I did not realize because I don't right. cook. Um, <laughs> I don't ever cook really. And so I thought crockpots were this boring thing. Um, but no, they're a very passionate um, group of people that love, um, subgroup of people that love their crockpots. Um, and so, yeah, I got to love and serve on crockpot people next. I love that. Okay, so, so now so- – so you have, so you were able to grow these pages organically. Yeah. So I grew, so it was more just to prove to myself, like, okay, I did it with Quirky Mama and I did it with One Crazy House, but I also did it with two other pages without a lot of money, under $5 a day and without tons of friends sharing. I didn't have any friends sharing. Nobody knew I was doing it. Um, so yeah, I, I was able to replicate my success again. Great. Can you break down just the elements of what that success means? <laughs> well, f- most importantly, it means I get to help people. Okay. So I, when a lady's cat dies, I'm an audience where she can share her cat, a video of her cat, photos of her cat, mm-hmm. and people there to rally around her and support her wow. when she's in her moment, in a dark moment. Um, we get to, you know, help rescue cats in different areas, (laughs) which is important to those people. It's, I'm like giggling about it a little bit, but at the same time, this is a huge community of women who are loving and supporting each other that I am honored to get to be a part of. That's great. That's great. So that's most important. Like that's, that's bigger than the dollar amount, but the dollar amounts of my other audiences, it's a hefty income each year. Great. So, so, in terms, like Facebook is in the news. Facebook is everywhere, and it's kind of negative. It is. It's so funny because, like, they're talking about this whole tracking thing and how their our privacy and upstairs going. You guys had robo vi- 
um, vacuums, right? And you connected them to Alexa and you said, Alexa, can you vacuum my floor, please, right? right. Um, when you do that, the vacuum walks around your house and it picks up data, like there's a chair here, okay? It sends that information back to Amazon and Amazon's targeting you with new products when right. you move a chair. Right. The same, that same data is being shared everywhere. All the data places share their information with each other because they're all data hungry. Right. So we have this privacy. Like this is not news. This is like normal. Um, so anyway, I've been using Facebook targeting for ages um, to find my diehard fan and then to love on them more. So Got to it. give them more content to, to, but yes, it has it changed. Yes. Is it going to continue to change? Definitely. I do think having more transparency is a good thing. So when you have your RoboCop, Robo vacuum, it, you know, okay, if I'm going to vacuum my front floor, it now has a layout of my home and uh, it's sending that information back to Amazon. Am I cool with that? Like we don't, we aren't cool with that, but we all want Alexa to have access to our vacuum cleaner, right? Exactly. So you, you got to understand that when you're giving Alexa access to your vacuum cleaner, what that means for you. Right. So I know what that means for you because I'm a marketer who targets people by their furniture. Right. <laughs> but right. People are a little bit like, wait, what a second? You've been stalking in my house. You know how what my layout of my home is, like for real, like exactly intrusion. And they're like, well, no, because now we know if you're looking for new furniture because you're rearranging the rooms multiple times. We know what that means. It means you're hunting for furniture, so we can send you more furniture at. Right. Now, do you think that that Facebook will ultimately change and that you won't be able to grow these audiences or they won't be as valuable? Well, in some ways it has changed a little bit in that you're not going to be able to make as much money off of affiliates right now because you have to create your affiliate content. So mm. um, my son with the toothbrush, I had him brushing his teeth and playing with the toothbrush. I didn't just use somebody else's picture of that toothbrush to sell it. Got it. Um, to create the content now. To, Got it. So you have, we have to be more active as content creators. So does that mean it's harder for people to join in if they're not going to put in the time to create be a good content creator it could it will probably thin thin out the number of people that are in the market does that make sense providing right, content? but if you're one of those people who will make content you could you have a leg up yep yep because you're not so competing with stock photos from amazon exactly so you have as long as you are the content creator you I, there's a, there is a need in the world for content creators. People are sharing content. People are looking at content at one in the morning. People are discussing articles that they're reading. People want content. So mm -hmm. there will always be a need for content. Now, how that, how much, how difficult it is to provide that content or how, what kind of rules we have with disclosure, those will all be changing. Um, it's always changing. So, I know. Yeah. Yep. It's like you, you get on the roller coaster and yeah. you hold on tight. Yeah, and even with Facebook right now, like with Facebook targeting, we can no longer target new house buyers. But what we can do is purchase the list of people who um, publicly just changed their addresses in the state database, which is public information, and we can buy that information as it's aggregated and then use it. So now only wait, wait. Play that Could you explain what that means? Can you explain targeting and how you target people and why? So you want to target people to love your content. So if you're a new, if you're a, a home DIY or home interior design, when are people most likely to be focusing and obsessing about design? When they're either selling their home or when they're buying a new home, right? Yep. So for you, you'd want to target people who are new home buyers or selling their homes. 
because okay. those are people that are going to be most likely to be nonstop watching Fixer Upper because they're trying to fix up their home to totally. sell it yep. or because they don't like the current kitchen, but they like the rest of the house. So what can they do to make that kitchen and that new house they're buying better? So those are the people that are the most um, passionate in the, the home de- decor realm. So in that and in the buying mindset, because remember, you want them in the buying mindset so you can sell to them. So those are the people that are most likely to be also buying to fix that solution. Yep. So before you could just go to Facebook and say, I want to target anyone who's selling their home or who is buying a home. And that used partner information that Facebook collected. So Facebook would reach out to partners, which would be like the DMV when you're changing your address on your driver's license. There's different things that are public. Um, GoDaddy with your registration. You can have a new website and that information is public if you did not pay your $7.99 or whatever to hide your private information. Does that make sense? There's places where your information is given out publicly. Home records, that's a public thing. Everyone knows there's like a, you can go onto your state website and you can see the people who are buying houses and even what their house price was. Often that's in public information as well. So you can see that information. So what the Facebook would do is buy that information and then get, upload it into Facebook into their partners. So now we could access that targeting. Um, and I could say, I want to target new home buyers or I can target somebody who drives this type of vehicle. But we can't do that anymore. Now we have to buy the data from um, those data companies ourselves and upload it. And we how can't. do you find the data? Like, how do you find those companies? Oh, there's like a list of them. I guess I could give to your audience later. But yeah, there's you just go online and say, I want to buy data. So okay. you buy um, aggregated data, yeah. Got it. So, and I'm, is this... Data. You, I'm, using my sorry. Content, I'm using my content to segment my audience. But that's something that's gotten more difficult because Facebook just changed that law. Okay. And then are you putting your posts in front of them? Are you putting your products in front of them? Yeah, you want to start always with your content and then work them into your product. So I want to find the people that are most likely to um, be inter- interested in farmhouse chic. And yep. then as I'm showing them farmhouse chic, then I'll show them, here's my guy, my buying guide for farmhouse chic products. So but yep. you want to start with who loves this look first before you send them your your buying guide. You want to get it. them seeing you, have them trust who you are and interact with you. I like people that interact with me even up to seven times before they see my product that I have a product for sale. Wow. I don't give them my product for sale until they've interacted with me several times. Wow. And then they trust you. They trust me. They're more likely to buy. And I'm more likely to know what they want to. Got it. And is this all happening on Facebook? Or are you also getting their email? That kind of thing. Um, I don't focus on email as much as a lot of other people do. And I know that's probably a detriment to my business. And I know I could probably be a lot better at email. Um, I do collect people's emails and opt-ins, but that's not my focus because I know if I can get them to click on any of my websites, I can retarget them. And I can retarget them on Facebook. I can retarget them on YouTube. I can retarget them on Pinterest. Um, all of those locations you can retarget. Can you explain what that means? When someone visits, say, one landing page, like your DIY farmhouse kitchen, they can you can show them all the fun things to do in your kitchen. And then here's the thing. They don't have a whole lot of time. They don't want to spend four hours doing whatever type of paint treatment to the cabinet. Next thing you know, you're going to send them to the second. So you send any, everybody who sees that first website, you retarget them and say, I'm going to send them an ad with my next website. 
which might be your buying guide so that they don't have to do it themselves. And these are websites or landing pages? Um, it could be blog posts. So okay. you're leading through a sequence. So um, I know, oh, I can't remember her name off the top of the head. Penny Savers, I think, does this really, really well. She had one. It's just a regular blog post, but it segments people who are whose student, kids are in college. And so she starts them off with, here's just uh, DIY getting ready for your college dorm. So helping your child get their dorm room ready. And so they just see this. And then she sends them, um, college is so expensive. Isn't it horrible how college is so expensive? So now you see her, oh, we're just getting ready for dorms. Now we're seeing college is so expensive. That puts it in your brain. Oh, my word, it is. I can't afford this. <laughs> and then yes. sends them, here's um, your how to, here's your guide to of 100 different scholarships your kids can get. Love it. You decide of 100 scholarships, you're like, Oh my word, that's a lot of scholarships. I'll never be able to fill all this paperwork out. Like, oh my. And then she sends you the fourth one is, oh, we'll do a scholarship matching and searching and applying for you, a done yeah. for you service. But she works them through that. So now she knows these are really people who are really looking for college scholarships because they've already proven that they have kids in college. They've already proven that they have an issue with paying for college. They've already proven that they're interested in scholarships. Now we're going to send them the, the whatever a thousand dollar done for you so we could find them scholarships that is brilliant exactly so it is so you are this tour guide you are leading people down the down the path that is the perfect i have never heard of it described as like a tour guide but that is definitely the path and the thing is you're literally just asking your readers what do you need help with oh you need help with getting your kids into college okay well how can i help you the best can i help you the best by just saying hey i've got this service for you that'll help you find scholarships that's not going to help you because you're not going to jump on it. Does that make right. sense? But yeah. if I help you by helping you in all these other little ways and then say, oh, yes, and we have this extra project, but at that point they're ready for, okay, yes, I need that help. Thank you. And you are putting money behind each of these steps. Yes. Now, here's the thing. Because of the way Facebook and organic traffic goes, the first steps are not very expensive at all. We're talking they might be free. They might be posts that you just put up and then they do well on their own. They might be posts that you put up for $2 a day or $5 a day. Um, yeah, there, it's not, you're not putting, they're not, the emphasis is not on money on those. It's to collect an audience and yeah. then later on and that, at that last one is the one you're going to put money behind. Got it. Right, because you already know this is what they're looking for. Yeah. I might and... spend a little bit of time, but I'm not going to put the big budget until that last one. Got it. Okay. And if you're, let's say that um, I sell the service where I will find the scholarships that are right for you, for your kid, um, and that product is $1,000, how much would I spend in an ad to attract that person? Well, it depends on how much your revenue is. So um, one rule of thumb is 3% of whatever okay. you want to, I mean, this is like something that like my, my mastermind people have said is like a general rule is okay. 3% of total revenue is you'll want to put to ads. Got it. That said, um, what that is, what that looks like for you, it might be different. So let's say you've got a $2,000 product, but you can have $1,500 of that as profit because you only have to pay 500 of it out to whatever to manage, uh, to deliver the product. Well, at that point, you've got a huge ROI. You've got fifteen hundred dollars in, in re return revenue. on investment. Yeah, you can spend up to fourteen hundred and still be making a profit on that. Yep. 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 yep.
So it, so it, okay. And is this what a Facebook funnel looks like? A little bit, yeah. Okay, because I keep hearing about Facebook funnels, which seem slightly different than email funnels. But it's kind of seems like you're moving the, the, the tour on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's fascinating to me. That uh, So if I were starting out today and I'm a new blogger, what advice would you have for me in terms of trying to grow my page or like how would how should i focus pick one thing to be known for because when you have one thing to be known for you're going to be able to attract people who trust you more in that topic and they're more likely to buy from you because they realize you are the place for xyz they could go to amazon almost everything right but if they're looking for something specific for example little boys star wars stuff Okay, they want to know that all that you have is really truly vetted as the latest, coolest kids Star Wars stuff. Right. Or you're the financial advisor for women who are recently divorced. They want to know that you have all of your content is in their best interest. Right. Right. So you can't be the financial advisor for people who are newly divorced, also sharing your favorite recipes and telling them stories about your dog. Yep. Yep. You've got to focus on what's most important to you. Now, could you just focus on stories about your dog? Definitely. And then sell dog products or something else? Definitely. Could you be about your favorite recipes and sell cookbooks and sell kitchen supplies and even your own line of kitchen utensils that are the best for people? Definitely. But doing all three spreads your, your credibility. And so people can't. it's harder for people to attract to you. Yes. And I talk about this all the time. Find your niche, find your lane, and go deep. Definitely. Like there's enough content for you to create. There's enough of an audience for you to find. And it is really setting yourself up as an expert. Yes. Yeah. And what I what I find is if people trust you, they will. So, for example, if you're my Star Wars go to person. Yeah, I guess I could go to Walmart and buy the toothbrush. But if you've already vetted it for me, if you've already told me this is the one I should buy, I'll pay more to buy it from you. And they want the convenience of knowing that you've got a a collection of products just for them. Yes, totally. Yes, I mean, that makes perfect sense. So again, as you're starting to think about what business you're creating, think about it in a very narrow way. Mm-hmm. You know, you became the rainbow loom person. For a little while there, yeah, until the, the fad fizzled out. And how do you feel about that, riding different different fads, things like that? Should you jump on that bus? Um, yeah, really. I mean, you love your audience. So if your audience suddenly starts loving rainbow loom bracelets, you love rainbow loom bracelets too. If they love Play-Doh, you love Play-Doh. If they... Um, Cat people, they don't like talking about cat food. So I won't talk about cat food because I want to love my audience. So you see what your audience really responds to and you serve and love them. Got it. Okay, so let's go back to this, which is I'm a new blogger. What do I do on Facebook? And I get it. Like ultimately my goal is to sell them products. But how would I start out? First off would be making your page about your reader. A lot of people make their page about them. Yes. when people come to the site, they see their a person's face, a person that they're not friends with and they don't know who they are, and some of their interests. 
So it's hard for someone who doesn't know you to feel attached to the page because they've never interacted with you before. But they might be pickleball. I did not know that was a thing. It's totally a up and coming game with like new, re newly retired people. It's like this, this fun way of playing, like it's a cross between like baseball and ping pong or something. Okay. Anyway, it's a fanatical thing. I did not know this was a thing, um, but pickleball is a thing. If okay. he was in charge of the pickleball, pickleball pages, put his face on all the pages, people will connect with him, but they don't understand it's pickleball and they're just a random person who's newly retired and heard about this game called pickleball and he wants to learn more about pickleball. He doesn't want to learn about the person, Joe, who's running the pickleball page. Yep, yep. He has no problem falling in love with Joe. That's weird, but I mean. Eventually, he, right, I get it. Loving the content, loving who Joe is and loving Joe's love of pickleball and, and building Joe into a personal brand. He doesn't mind that, but he wants to, he's coming first just to learn what is pickleball who's playing pickleball, where can I find a pickleball tournament or a group of people playing pickleball, and what do I need to play? You know, That's what he's coming for. Yep. Give them that, that thing. And so when they come to your Facebook page, it should be the name, the cover, the photo, the profile, your pinned content, your story, those, your description, those should all be what your reader is coming to you or what you want to be known for about your reader, not about you. Totally, okay. Okay, so then I want to start to build my page. So I've got I've got my page set up. Then, sorry, am I am I just sharing content that other people are creating about pickleball? Am right. I making my own content? Yeah, you want to be making your own content, and I suggest when you're a brand new page, one fourth is your own content, and three fourths is somebody else's because you're going to be riding their coattails. You're going to use those other pages to help you grow a little bit. Now, pickleball is kind of a new niche. Um, Hand-embroidered ribbons, one of my students is hand-embroidered ribbons. That's a new niche. There's not very many people out there talking about hand-embroidering ribbons. So in that sense, you, and if she's only, not hand-embroidering hand tea towels, only hand-embroidering ribbons, then she's going to have to create all that content on her own. Okay. Um, that said, she was able to create a 10,000-person um, fan page and a, a membership where they're buying monthly subscription box of ribbons and ribbon embroidery supplies and they have a Facebook group where they talk about how they've embroidered these ribbons and whatever. So she's got a huge business she was able to create off of her niche but she did have to focus in very tightly as to what she was about. Okay and then just in terms of logistics mm -hmm. how often should I be posting on Facebook? Um, Let's say I'm the pickleball guy. Yeah. New pages, I suggest two to four times a day. And then okay. when you're over 25,000, you can move slowly into eight to nine times a day. Wow, okay. It can, you can still stay at four or two, even when you're bigger, um, but I would start at the two to four, and then you would just keep adding another post, um, but trying to be consistent, as long as your engagement per post does not drop. Okay, and then when do I start putting money behind my posts to try to draw in a bigger audience? I start that almost at the beginning. I'll start because I want to get people who are engaged. When I have zero fans, I'll put money behind every single post and see what kind of post. I'll put the same exact money, the same number of days on every single post I put out. And I'll put that out and I'll see what type of content they're most interested in. Um, first off, I want to find out the content. So I'll take that $2 a day for every post for three days and I'll boost it all to the same person. So in my cat page, I'll take six posts, put it out, and they'll all go to people who are just interested in cats, just a general interest. 
And I'm doing this to find out what messaging of my posts does the best. I'm not really looking for whether a photo does better or a video does better or a link does better. What I'm looking for is what is the message that's being shared by this piece of content that seems to perform better with this audience. I love that. So after a few weeks, I'll see that, okay, it's, um, I am my cat's mom. All the posts that did really, really well, um, they were all posts where they're treating their cat like a kid. So Got the it. cat this, the cat, you know, um, the cat did misbehaved and there they is with the sign of how they misbehaved. We're shaming the cat for whatever he did. Right. Um, We're potty training our cat. Exactly. Like literally that's the type of content that was doing the best. Okay. So now I know just general cat people, the stuff that does the best is treating my cat like a baby. Well, now if one know that the content as well, now I need to find where that content gets people that are the most active. So I'll then go into my audience insights and I'll see what type of pages are related to my niche that have the highest activity level and see if I can target them or niche neighborhood with them, which is uh, like a term I use, which is when we connect our pages to them with like Facebook SEO. So we, we link to stuff on their page, we put links to our own page from their page, we tag each other, et cetera, et cetera. So you've so, then reached out to these people who have pages that are similar. Sometimes I reach out to them and sometimes I just niche neighborhood with them without their permission and just, just connect our pages. So. I'll go onto their page and say how awesome I think something is, or I'll leave a comment on their content with something of my own content. Got um, it. Not in a spammy way. Um, right. Or I'll share something from their page onto my page, and then I'll take the thing that I shared and I'll leave it as a comment on their page. So I'll be like, oh, I, yep. found, I found you because I was here. And I yep. do that in a nice way so it doesn't seem like I'm spamming, but it just shows Facebook that I'm similar to that other page. And I wanna yes. pick pages that have the highest level of activity that way I can um, pull in the users who are the most active in their niche so they're more likely to bring on other people who are most active. Because the person, it's like targeting myself or targeting my husband. Um, and Facebook has even said that Facebook wants people to have meaningful connections. And what Facebook decided um, January 11th, what that was meaningful connections, is a long comment. So Facebook wants people who are going to leave sizable comments on your content. So you don't want to target, even though my husband and I have similar interests, you don't want to necessarily target my husband for any, for any of those ads because he doesn't comment on anything. He just, he's like an online, not stalker, but he just like reads and scrolls, right, scrolls, right. scrolls. And he's never going to like something and he's never going to share it. And he's, you know, so, um, so in, in it, in comparison, I'm like the nonstop talker everywhere. So I'm leaving comments on everybody's stuff and I'm like <laughs> tagging people I don't even know to say, hey, did you read this? So it's, you want the person who's going to bring everybody else to your content. Right. So you want to find the connectors. The connectors, yes. They will find the people like my husband who are the, the scrollers. Got it. Okay. So then, and, and could we talk for just a minute about this idea that you need other people, other pages like your page to help you grow yes you do well no nobody's in a vacuum our readers aren't in vacuums um we're not in vacuums they're all interconnected so think of yourself and the things that you love as a reader to engage with um probably podcasting right, right. so you're not going to follow one how to podcast place you're going to follow several podcasters you're going to be in several podcasting groups because you love podcasting and you're you've got a really awesome podcast and you love blogging, so you're probably going to be in more than one blogging group. So it's the same type of thing for our readers, what they're most interested in. The pickle bums person, pickle, whatever it is, <laughs> pickle wall. 
Yes. That is probably in every pickle group, ball group there is. They're probably looking for more pickle ball groups. Um, same with the person who's interested in World War II. I can um, retouch photography. They're probably looking for more World War II stuff other places online. So you're just helping them find other places and establishing yourself as a leader in your niche because you're connecting them to other content that they also want. Okay, so I'm the pickleball guy. I find five other pages, five other people who built businesses around pickleball. Mm-hmm. Do I then say, hey guys, let's get in this group and let's share each other's content? Yes and no, because share groups, Facebook knows when they're not they're not organic and they're not real, so it will hurt you to be in a share group where you're requiring each other to share. Really? Because I remember back, maybe it feels like an eternity, like three or four years ago, where we were all putting ourselves in these share groups. Share groups um, can hurt your page because you're putting content into, um, whenever it, it becomes an echo chamber. Mm. So when your fans already have seen the content once because they've already, you've already interacted with that page and they've already shared that content, so now both pages are sharing that same piece of content um, to similar readers. Facebook's only going to show that to your readers one time. So you've mm. now got your organic reach by half. Mm. Okay. So you don't recommend share groups. I mean, share groups can be helpful. I just, they're just also can be misused. So would it be something like, I've got a post and it's got juice. It's getting some virality. I'm going to contact you, my friend. We create similar content. Hey, would you share this? Once in a while I would, but I wouldn't use the same friend regularly because it can come back to bite you because you become an echo chamber. If she's sharing the same content, you're sharing the same virals. Now Facebook's only showing that viral to one person, one time to your related audience. Okay. Okay. Now, if she's already shared it to that person, now you've shared it, that person's not going to see it again. Got it. So you cut that person out of the ability to get organic traffic from you. Interesting. Okay, but that was a strategy. Well, I mean, you can still use it. it it's, it's kind of probably more nuanced than we could go into in a, a conversation on a podcast. But right. it is helpful to start with some share groups in the sense that other people sharing your stuff is good. But once you have an overlapping or similar audience, Facebook's only going to show that post once. So if two people shared it to that audience, only one of those shares will get any eyeballs. Got it. So it's a little bit like you don't want it with somebody who lives in your virtual neighborhood, but maybe in the neighborhood next to your neighborhood. Exactly. But I mean, there's so much that goes into it. It's it's more than we could probably talk about 20 minutes. Okay. (laughs) So we didn't talk about Moolah Marketer. So can you explain what that is? Oh, well, it's my... um, I've got over 2,300 students so far that we've helped um, grow their Facebook pages and their Facebook audiences, and it's my little happy slice of the internet. It's a lot of fun. We've we've helped pages gain engagement on their content, so that's pretty much the goal of um, Moolah. And is it the goal to, this has always been my question, Mm -hmm. is it to grow your Facebook page, is it to grow your traffic, is it to grow your income, or is it all of those things? those three things. We want to help you grow engagement in the way that will best help you reach your goals. So we have some nonprofits in our group where they're not necessarily looking for um, money. What they're looking for is a movement. They're trying to cause. Mm. So we want them. We've got, we've helped them grow their movements. We have um, 
we've got political campaigns. We've got three people that are on political campaigns so far. One is a high-level um, Democrat governor, I believe, and the other ones are like city councils and um, lower level, like house representatives and stuff. And we've helped them. They're not looking for money. They're looking for brand awareness. They're trying to yeah. get their face out to their, their constituents. We've yeah. helped people who um, are just out for money. Like we've helped people that we've got a couple of students who they basically create websites and sell them. So we help them build a fa website fast, build an audience fast, sell that audience. And then he goes on and makes another one. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. It's, so th there's all different types of students. We have one person who's a llama wedding farmer. Um, if you want to get married with llamas in your wedding, oh, I, mean, I would, I know. Isn't that fun? It's kind of crazy. Yeah. If some of the niches, like I was like, that's a thing. Okay. That's a thing. Like, so uh, I did not know all the niches that need Facebook. There were more out than I was aware of. So yeah. Wow. All of them. That's terrific. Okay. So what is the one piece of advice that you wish you, that you could give to our audience that you wish you knew, that you wished you knew right when you were starting? Um, to make my content be about my reader and to live in a life of abundance, not a life of, um, I don't have it. Does that make sense? So explain. Um, a lot of times you sit there and think, well, if I help someone else go viral, I'm not going to have this viral. Or mm. if I help someone else's business grow, it's not going to help my business grow. So some people would say, you know, oh, wait, why are you giving away your viral titles? You should charge for that. People shouldn't get that for free. And I give my, I've got 25 of my posts, 25 of my 29 posts that I've gotten to over a million eyeballs. I give away those titles to people so they can make their own post off, off those titles. And I've had people tell me, um, why are you giving that away? Like now they're, they're taking this. I'm like, yeah, mm. it's not like they took my virals away. I still have my virals. They're still bringing in traffic. They're fine. Um, all I'm doing is helping the, the world. All the marketers have more virals. That's a good thing. So, seeing, you know, yeah, seeing it as a, a good thing to, um, to give it all away is, is like not give it all away, but to love on your audience and enough to give them what they need to see success. What I what I what I think is so interesting about what you're saying is that the world is big and there's room for everybody. Exactly. So and to stop focusing on yourself and to start focusing on others, mm -hmm. to give to others. And I'm thinking of all those times that I wasted my energy, I wasted my my time, I wasted my my efforts when somebody used similar re Play-Doh recipe that I did. Like, how dare they? I'm yes. like, that, I could have taken all of that time that I spent into, you know, getting my whatever upset about that type of content to realizing, okay, I'm just gonna make my next Play-Doh video post even Exactly. Better. I was just reading a blog post on Seth Godin's blog mm -hmm. about this. And he said, Wow, good for you that somebody wants to copy what you're creating. Exactly. Like, that's such a good statement about your content. Mm hmm You know, versus nobody wants to copy what you're doing. Exactly. So, okay, what about your business or Facebook are you most excited about? Well, I love seeing other people go viral now. So I, there was a time when I went, would go viral and... 
I get all excited when I saw my content get out to the world. And what's really exciting for me right now is helping other people make their content viral. And that the skills I had are actually transferable is pretty exciting. That is, that's amazing. So how could people reach out to you, learn more about you, learn more about your course? Yeah, I do have a course that help people um, gain more engagement. Um, and it's called Moolah. And um, you can find me on Facebook in the Facebook group page strategies. Ooh, awesome. Well, Rachel, this is such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show. Julian, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Are you trying to grow your social media followers and email subscribers? Well, if you've got two minutes, I've got a product for you. It's MiloTree. MiloTree is a smart pop-up slider that you install on your site and it pops up and asks your visitors to follow you on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, or subscribe to your list. It takes two minutes to install. We offer a WordPress plugin or a simple line of code, and it's Google-friendly on mobile and desktop. So we know where your traffic is coming from. We show a Google-friendly pop-up on desktop and a smaller Google-friendly pop-up on mobile. Check it out, sign up today, and get your first 30 days free. 